BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Straight up with Stassi. Hi, everyone. I'm Stassi Schroeder. She's the star of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules. I'm here to talk about pop culture, reality TV, celeb gossip, relationships. Stassi's new podcast is a hilarious look at the world and everyone in it. I want to give my opinion on everything. And she's never one to hold back on any topic. Because that's what I do best. Judge. (laughs) This is Straight Up with Stassi. Y'all... I have had a day. Well, I mean, actually, I've had a quite a few days. What does that even mean? Like, you know, it's out, you know, when people say I've had a day, it's like, oh, that person's overwhelmed or they something happened to them that day or today or whatever. But why can't you say I have had a few days? You know what I mean? That doesn't it doesn't make sense. The same way that saying I have had a day sounds I want to change that that needs to be changed because what if you didn't just have one day that was overwhelming and stressful but what if you had a few consecutive days what if you had seven consecutive days that were a day so I'm gonna start saying I have had a few days so here I am. Uh, welcome to Straight Up with Stasi. Welcome, Khaleesi's. Um, I am going to just, you know, word vomit and stream of consciousness this shit all over the place. I hope you've listened to my last podcast with Billy Lee because I, it's an episode that I th- probably the episode I'm most proud of. And um, if you don't give it a listen, then shame on you. I sound like um, Mary Poppins. No, like a mean Mary Poppins when I say shame on you. So, okay. I don't mean shame on you, but actually shame on you. All right. So I've had, you know, I've had a few stressful couple of days. Want to know why? Reason numero uno. It's my 29th birthday in... A couple days, which I am actually excited about. A lot of people get stressed out or, uh, you know, about growing, you know, our our number going up. But I'm actually like really looking forward to being in my 30s. I feel like that's when I will blossom. I don't feel like I am fully comfortable with myself mentally, emotionally, physically, I feel like I can't wait until I'm in my 30s because that is going to be when 
I, I feel like I'm going to feel like sexy and strong and, you know, people will take me seriously. I just, that's what I want. So I look forward to each birthday, not just because I love the day to be about me, naturally, but also because I am being taken more seriously as the ages go by. I don't feel like people should stress out about their birthdays. Like, oh, so I've been thinking about it. And I was talking to Katie about this today because Katie was like, hey, turning 30 was one of the most fun things that ever happened. I'm like, right. That's what I think of. You know, when people say like 30 is the new 20, 40 is the new 30. I mean, whatever. That's just like a Cosmopolitan magazine's title for an article. But it actually is like kind of true a little bit. I think being 20 is overrated. Except for when I'm like at a bar. When I'm at a bar that I I always go to, like one of my normal hangouts that I've gone to for like 10 years. And then I see a bunch of 19, 20 year olds who look like they're my age have perfectly contoured faces with a big butt the tiniest waist i've ever seen big perky boobs and i'm like what the hell are you guys eating like what's in your food what's in your water how do you look like this because when i was growing up people didn't just naturally have a barbie hourglass figure i don't i don't really i don't know that many people that have that I don't know that many people who have Kardashian bodies. Is this like, what is this? Is it just plastic surgery? Because I know, listen, I know, and I'm not against plastic surgery, as we all know. Not against that at all. I think anyone should do anything to make them feel their happiest and like the best versions of themselves. I think people should just, we're here to be happy, right? I mean, that's the goal. At least that's my goal. We're here on earth for a certain amount of time. May as well be happy. So I don't judge any plastic surgery or anything like that. But are people just now being born this way? Like, I know we know the Kardashians get plastic surgery. So that's been proven. But all of these 20-year-olds, these hot, young children who are so young now that I think about it that I don't did I even babysit them I feel like I babysat people who are now 25 oh that's weird to think about but it's just why do they all have the same body and face as a Kardashian I know their parents aren't buying them plastic surgery at these young ages to look like a Kardashian right it's like that's the only time when I'm like, oh shit, maybe maybe I do want to be 20 again so that I can eat Taco Bell all day long and it really doesn't fucking matter. I can ask for two extra servings of ranch instead of one extra serving. But no, I think about what I was like when I was 19 and 20 and I was a psychopath. You think I'm a psychopath now? Oh, 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 oh. You have no idea how cray I was before I turned 21. It's only gotten better. So this is what I feel like once I get into my 30s, I will be, you know, just the best version of myself. And it's only going to get better even after that. And if you disagree with me, I don't want to hear about it.
So yeah, I've had um, a stressful few days. I am planning my birthday party, so there's that. And a lot of effort goes into that. So that's stressful. Um, But also, besides the fact that I've been working every day and all of that, and it's just all over the place, I just did an interview for the Los Feliz Murder House documentary. Yes, that's right. Because this mansion of a house will never leave my life. I swear to God, it keeps coming in my life in some way. It's like the house is pulling me towards it. I told you guys that last year I was messaged by the realtor's wife that she took the light switch, the Judy light switch for me. Then recently, the daughter of the people who bought the house is a Khaleesi and also reached out to me. And then now, I, me and Jennifer, uh, who did my murder, Los Feliz Murder House podcast with me, who's just as obsessed, we went and filmed an interview for a documentary, which was kind of fun because we had no idea what we were going into. So we were like, all right, let's, you know, just pick me up from work, John, and then we can drive to wherever it is, thinking we've never met these people who are doing the documentary. And all Jennifer tells me is it's in the valley. I'm like, cool, whatever. So we're driving there. We're like, wait, this is a neighborhood. Like we're pulling up to somebody's house. Is this actually professional? Is this like what? Shouldn't we be going to a studio? Holy shit. I didn't even ask my lawyer if I'm allowed to do this. Like what if I'm not even allowed to appear in a documentary? Like shit. I didn't get anything covered. No bases were covered. So we end up in this neighborhood with these houses to go film an interview for a documentary and we're trying to decide whether we're about to be murdered. You know, I'm like, have we just been lured into a murder situation? Like, has someone been wanting to kill me and they just found the right way to do it? Because that's what this feels like. No one's going to find me here. I was picked up. My car's not here. I turned my uh, tracking off on my phone. Maybe I should put that shit back on. So we're sitting there in the car like, do we leave? Do we stay? And Jennifer's like, you know, I've heard that this is a really professional crew. So let's just go. I'm like, all right, YOLO. I'll be brave, yo. So we walk up into this house, knock on the door, walk inside. Totally professional crew. So that was anticlimactic. Had a great time. But for real, the point is, the Los Feliz murder house is a thing. And I feel like it's going to follow me forever. And I feel like one day we'll, I will own this house. And I'm tied to it in some supernatural way that I can't explain. But what I really wonder is why the Los Feliz murder house isn't as famous as, say, the Amityville house. Because I've been to Long Island and visited the Amityville house because I'm a psycho. And I wonder, like, why isn't it like that for this murder house? The same tragic thing happened. So why? Like, what makes one haunted house more important than the other? That's not the point of my podcast episode, but I'm just, this is a stream of consciousness situation. So after we did our interview, which was so fun, And I really have to commend the team of interviewers and and the people that are making this documentary. And I can't wait to see it because I know that they've been working on this documentary for five years, almost five years. 
So before the house went on sale, these people have been grinding. So you know that this is going to be so fucking cool. So we leave and I'm like, fuck, I have to go to Sir because I have to go. And I, I said I would I would be obligated to go. I was obligated to go do something. And I went there late night. So I'm like, fuck, I've been working all day. Then I left to go do this murder house interview. Now I'm going to Sir to an obligation. Then I finally get home at like 1.30 in the morning, 2 in the morning and I'm hungry, as most people are when they've been drinking late at night. So I'm thinking, what do I want to eat? Jack in the box. Okay, so like there's been this thing. Since uh, working has been a little more stressful than normal and a, and, and a little busier than normal. Every time that I'm actually home in my apartment, I put, I put on Midnight in Paris, okay? I've realized, I think, you know, as much as I love La La Land and Moulin Rouge and Jurassic Park and a, a bunch of these movies that I've always considered to be my favorite movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I mean, I have a million favorite movies. I think... Midnight in Paris might actually be my absolute favorite movie. And when I was in Paris, I made Rachel watch it. And so Rachel fell in love with it. Katie had already seen it and fell in love with it. So now we have this thing where we're now watching this alone in our apartments 24-7, just missing Paris. I mean, I feel like I'm like a psycho ex-girlfriend when it comes to Paris. I just I think about going back to Paris all the time. I daydream about every experience I had there. I, I it's I can't, I can't explain just how much I loved it. And I feel like it's like it's like a part of my soul now. So whenever I'm home, I put Midnight in Paris on it's to be on in the background or I'll watch it too. Like if I would because my favorite thing to do is to wake up in the morning. If I know I don't have to be to work for at least a couple of hours or a few hours, I'll wake up take my dogs out, have a nice tea or a Diet Dr. Pepper or whatever. And I sit on my couch and I put on a movie and answer emails and look up Revolve, Daily Mail, all whatever I want to check, tradesy.com. And recently I realized that every single morning I wake up and I just put Midnight in Paris on every day, every single day. If I come home, in between working or, or something like that, or if I come home at night, put Midnight in Paris on. It is always on. I'm always thinking about Paris. So I came home after this long day. I put on Midnight in Paris. I'm like, yo, I think I'm going to get Jack in the Box. So I order Jack in the Box. I order the same thing I normally do, which is a large curly fry. Do you say fry or fries? I know that you're wondering the same thing and I know you get insecure about the same thing when you say I want a large fry say you're going to McDonald's in and out rallies Burger King whatever do you say I want a large fry or a large fries your mind is blown isn't it well I don't know the answer to that 
So I, I wish I could help you out, but we're all on the we're all in the same boat with the large fry sitch. I actually did a terrible job of 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 explaining this story because I should have prefaced everything with the fact that not only did I have um, a stressful few days, but I was shamed a few times or a couple times. You'll hear about that. Um, I was jack in the box shamed. I was shamed for something else, which I will get to. I should have led with this so that you understood. So thank you for following this uh, word vomit of a podcast. Before I continue with my Jack in the Box large fry story, uh, I want to talk about Framebridge because, okay, I love, if you listen to my podcast all the time or if you've heard it even a few times, I feel like you know that I love interior design. I love interior decorating. I, I love styling in any way that I can. I love just making things the way that I want it to be aesthetically and part of that is photographs or art and putting things on my walls but also you know I'm sentimental I am a cancer yes when I reference the fact that I'm a cancer I realize that I'm being a basic bitch fuck off it's fine and I love having photos of my loved ones all around my apartment it just makes me feel good But when I have brought photos to a frame store, I have spent so much money not knowing. Like I couldn't be like, wait, what? It's that much money to get the frame? Never mind. So I didn't want to like embarrass myself like that. So I had to pay it. And I realized like, holy crap, I need to find a cheaper way to frame photos. So Framebridge, when they came to me and we partnered a year ago, it was a godsend. I swear to gosh. Okay. If you go to framebridge.com, you can upload any photo that's on your iPhone or whatever smartphone you have. But not only can you do that, you can mail in photos or pieces of art. And on top of that, you can access your Instagram account. So if you go to Framebridge, then you can say, I want to upload something from my Instagram. Say you like the filter that's on it. You can go to your Instagram, click on the photo you want, upload it to Framebridge. And then you can choose from a million different, not a million, but a lot of different frames, any size that you want almost. You can also choose to have, you know, the white borders or a black border or anything. I mean, the sky's the limit and it's so freaking affordable. I mean, the prices start at $39. I've spent like $500 going to Aaron Brothers. $500. That's absolute bullshit. But listen, if you're someone that's like me, who's lazy, you don't have to get in your car and go to Aaron Brothers or any other store that frames things. You can do it from your house. You can do it on your computer or your phone. You can get the app so you never have to move. I mean, laziness for all. But right now, if you go to framebridge.com, and that's F-R-A-M-E-B-R-I-D-G-E.com and use my promo code Stasi S-T-A-S-S-I, you'll save an additional 15% off your first order. So it's already super affordable. Just go to the website, upload a photo, 
Get 15% off. Choose the frame that you want, the size that you want. I mean, it's it's so it's so easy to customize. I just recently got a new one of me, Rachel, and Katie in front of the Eiffel Tower. I'll post that photo. It's so amazing. It's amazing. See, I told you I'm obsessed with Paris. Go to framebridge.com. Use my promo code Stassi. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Okay, so back to the shaming. So I ordered Jack in the Box, one large curly fry slash fries, um, one basic cheeseburger. Both I put extra ranch, please, for both of them. Because, sorry, Jack in the Box has the best fucking ranch. I talk about this all the time. Their ranch is the shit. So I'm watching Midnight in Paris. I took an edible. I'm trying to get myself to be sleepy, waiting for Jack in the Box. All of a sudden, my phone rings. I'm like, fuck this. Like, what do you mean? I get the notification, like a text message being like, your Postmates is here. They'll see you in a couple of minutes. I'm like, why, why is my phone ringing? It rings like three more times. Finally, I answer it. I'm like, yo, it's like three in the morning now at this point. And it's my Postmates person. And he's like, yeah, um, I'm at your apartment complex. This is my pet peeve. Okay. Listen up. Anyone who does delivery, anyone who works for a delivery service, the whole reason I am paying three times as much for what I ordered is because I don't feel like moving my fat ass. I don't want to even get up to go to the door and walk outside. Like it's already enough that like I'm going to have to get up and go to the door. Like I'm paying so much so that I don't have to move. So, and this happens often when people will call me and say, hi, I'm here at your apartment. Mm, No, you're not. You're in your car hoping that I'll come outside and come and get it. You're not at my apartment because you'd be out front in front of my door. Like, sorry, facts are facts. I obviously don't say this on the phone because I don't want to be a rude bitch, but I will complain on my podcast. Again, bratty basic bitch probs. Don't judge. Let me word vomit. So he's on the phone with me. And I said, no, my apartment is, I'm apartment number four. And he says, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. So are you at the right, the right apartment complex? Um, uh, okay, let me find parking. Yeah, you do that. Um, apartment four. See you soon. So then I'm refuse. I'm like, I am not going downstairs. I'm not going to do this. I'm sitting here in my pajamas. If I'm going to go downstairs, that means I have to get up, put on something decent. So I got to change, like put on a sweater and some pants, then put on actual shoes. Like, you know, that's the whole reason that I'm spending so much money on something that costs nothing, you know? So I'm pissed. It's already three in the morning. I'm overwhelmed. Like I'm exhausted. Like I'm, I'm, physically exhausted but mentally my brain hasn't like caught it like the weed hasn't like got like checked in yet so like my brain's still awake so I'm like god damn it fine I put on my sweater put on some pants I put on shoes I start walking downstairs and I meet him out in the courtyard and you know what he says to me enjoy I hope you have a good morning uh what did you just say have a good morning. Dude, I haven't gone to sleep yet. 
Are you just making me feel shitty about the fact that I'm ordering Jack in the Box at three in the morning? I want you to imagine right now if you ordered Taco Bell or McDonald's or whatever it is that you like to order late night after you've gotten home from being out. You know, you already are feeling shitty. You're feeling shitty about yourself because no one feels good about themselves when they come home at two in the morning and they're like, I'm hungry. What do I want? Like you just don't. You like you're tipsy, if not drunk, and it's just it's not ideal. You're not feeling good about yourself. And then for me to have to walk outside to change and then walk outside to meet my postmates person and have him say, I hope you have a really good morning. I'm like, are you fucking with me? Are you like purposefully being condescending because it's totally working and making me feel like shit? So I walked up into my apartment complex or my apartment and I sat down on my couch and I'm like, what does that mean? What does it all mean? Am I like, is this so embarrassing? I mean, he literally just said, have a good morning. Like, did he just wake up? Is that why he said that? I mean, it's only three in the morning. It's kind of like you can't really. It's like a tricky time. Two to four in the morning is a tricky time if you're a Postmates person to say, have a good morning. I get it. If it's five in the morning, I totally get that. You know, that's morning time. But two to four, that's the degenerate time. So you never know who you're going to come in contact with. And I was a degenerate and I didn't want to be made to feel that way. Honestly, what sucks the most is that he only gave me two things of ranch. That he should have been punished for. Not for me having to get up and get dressed and walk outside. Not for him saying have a good morning. But for the fact that I wrote extra ranch dressing on both things that I ordered. And I was only given two little things. What is that? What is that? Okay. Before I I finish my bitching hour. (laughs) Um... Y'all know I love watches. Ever since I was a little girl, my dad and I have always had this thing together where we just, we love watches. Every birthday, my dad got me a watch. I always loved that my dad was into watches. It's just something that I, I, it's an accessory that I will always have on. And it's really hard to find a watch that is, stylish without being super cheap. I mean, most stylish watches or even classic watches, they, they're very expensive, the most expensive. So it's difficult. You either find a really, really, really cheap watch or a really expensive one. It's very hard to find something that is, um, of qual of, of, of quality that is in our price range. So that is why I really love movement watches and that is MVMT watches. So let me explain. This company was started by people who wanted to have a a watch that had a sleek, timeless design, but couldn't afford to buy high-end watches. So they basically went out to companies where they could find the best materials and the best design And you don't have to pay that much. But part of the reason is because you're not buying these watches at a department store. You're not buying watches that are marked up. So you're going straight to the source. You're going straight to the website and you're buying from the people who actually make these watches. So you're looking at, I'm saying, okay, these watches start at $95. 
if you were to buy this $95 watch, and this is the cheapest watch they have, at a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. That is how much department stores mark things up. I really love that they decided, this company decided not to make trendy watches because everything, it's, it's high quality, it's a minimalist design, it's something that will stand the test of time. So if you buy a movement watch, no one's going to look at it and be like, oh, that was like a few years ago, right? No, no one would know the difference. It's very sleek, it's very simple, and it's elegant. And the one that I've been really liking lately is a rose gold one that has a pearl face to the point where Patrick stole it from me. So Patrick is now wearing my rose gold one with a pearl face. So I'm trying to be a nice girlfriend, whatevs, but that just shows you men can wear them too. So it's not just for women. They sell them in over 160 countries. I'm telling you, if you are somebody who appreciates watches don't go for the basic Michael Kors watch. You know, we've all got, you know, it's a rite of passage to do that, I guess. But really, do you want to be like everybody else? No. Go to movement watches. Like, please just do me a favor. Go to mvmt.com slash Stassi, S-T-A-S-S-I. You're going to get 15% off if you go with free shipping and free returns. So you really have nothing to lose. That's how I look at it when like I order things from different websites. I'm like, oh, wait, it's free shipping and free return. So basically, if I don't like it, then I can send it back and it's like I never even bought it. So I never feel guilty when I buy something online when it's like that. But if you go to MVMT.com slash Stassi, take a look and really, really, I mean, really look at the watches. And I think you'll understand what I'm saying when I talk about how timeless they are and that you're not going to buy something that's trendy that people just automatically see like, oh, you're wearing one of those or no, it's a great classic watch. It's like the Audrey Hepburn of watches if Audrey Hepburn was on a budget. Damn, I just know that that is actually exactly what it is. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about the jack-in-the-box dude who said, have a good morning, it's like the same thing as like the dude that I dated for a little bit. Like, I don't mean like seriously dated, but like kind of dated a little who said, yeah, I think that could be nice. So, mister, I think that could be nice. Oh, God, I'll never forget that answer. Like, really? Is the same as the jack-in-the-box Postmates guy saying... Have a good morning at three in the morning, making me feel like a degenerate. I'm going to have to say a prayer for him tonight. Okay, so I was Jack in the Box postmate shamed once. Then I woke up this morning and again, did this little new routine. Woke up, took my dogs out. I... This time I didn't do an iced tea. I made myself a diet. I got drank Diet Dr. Pepper. Again, that also makes me feel like a degenerate. Like drinking soda in the morning. I've gotten over it, like my insecurity about it because I just like the fizziness in the morning. Sometimes you just need it. You know, I love DDP. DDP is the best. 
So I wake up, take my dogs out, come back in, put like some eye patches on, spray my face with rose water, try and wake myself up, make myself um, an iced DDP, sit on my couch, start playing Midnight in Paris again, get on my computer, respond to some emails, and then I go on Revolve. And then I go on to easycontacts.com because there's a pair of rainbow aviators that I've been wanting for a while. And I'm like, you know, today's the day. I want these rainbow aviators. I think they're Yves Saint Laurent. I think, they're, I think that's what they are. Or, or now I guess the company's Saint Laurent. Whatever. Fuck it. And I've been thinking about them. And I said, today is the day. So I go and I try and purchase them online because they were cheaper at this website, Easy Contacts. It was like $100 cheaper. I'm telling you guys, don't ever pay the most expensive price because there's always another place where you can find something for cheaper. Don't settle for immediate satisfaction. If, if you learn anything from my podcast today, that's what it is. Don't settle for immediate satisfaction. So I try and buy these glasses and then it says card is declined. I'm like, what? Seriously? It's only like 930 in the morning. What do you mean? Like what? Why? Like what? Why? So it's not one of those card decline things where I they just text me and I can respond like, yes, you know, Y-E-S, everything is fine. Because like if these, if everything is okay, respond yes. If everything is not, respond no and we'll call you. No, that didn't happen. So I'm like, seriously, my caffeine hasn't kicked in yet. My DDP caffeine hasn't kicked in yet. Um, I'm just trying to buy these rainbow glasses because I decided today was the day and you're declining my card and not even sending me that kind text where I can fix it within a matter of seconds. Cool. So you're making me call the bank. Great. Have any of you guys gone through this? Pretty sure you have. I'm pretty sure your card has been declined or it's had a regular activity. That's the best. That's what it always is. We've detected a regular activity. No, it's not a regular. Me shopping all the time isn't a regular. Bank of America, learn. Look at my patterns. It's not irregular. Can you stop doing this to me? For the love of God, just stop. So when you call your bank, how many transactions do you normally have to approve? Three. Correct? Every time I've gotten one of those irregular activity things and then my card declines, I have to call the bank, give them my social or like answer my phone number or whatever my first pet's name is or whatever. And then I get on the phone with somebody and they say, did you do, I have to just review your last three purchases and then I have to approve them or not. Three though, three purchases. Am I right? So I call the bank, give them my info, and all of a sudden I'm on the phone with this lady who starts asking me to review my purchases. And she goes, did you just try and make a payment at Easy Contacts? Yes. Did you order Postmates for $57 yesterday? Yes. Did you Uber yesterday for $30? Yes. Did you Postmates the same day for $17? Yes. And then I just start mindlessly sitting there 
answering. And I'm like, wait a second. Because it's so early. I'm like, wait. she keeps going. And she's like, did you Postmates $39 on the 21st? Did you Postmates $25 on the 19th? Did you Postmates? And I'm like, I've just heard Postmates like seven times. Is she fucking with me? I now realize I, all of a sudden I come to and I realize that I've been sitting on the phone just saying yes to about 15 things when normally you only have to say, you know, the last three things. And I'm like, wait, I stop. I'm like, are you messing with me right now? Am I being pranked? Like, am I being punked? Because you've just made me review like over 10 things and 75% of them are Postmates. Are you just laughing to yourself? Like, what is happening? Oh, no, ma'am. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, we, we just have to do. No, you don't have to do this. Like, you normally just ask me my last three transactions and I just approved 89 of them for you. 75% of them being Postmates. Now you're Postmate shaming me. Like, if it wasn't enough that the Postmates six hours prior said, Hope you have a really great morning. But then the Bank of America person is postmate shaming me. And I realized that I could probably own a home if I didn't postmates. And now I hate myself all over again. I want to hear from you if you have called your bank when they've shut down your card or declined it or said a regular activity, and if they made you answer for more than three to five of the last transactions. Because I sat there and I swear, once I realized that I was answering for a solid few minutes on all my transactions, I thought, I, I felt like I could hear the humor in her voice as she was asking me about every Postmates transaction. Like she's like, whoa, like this chick was sitting there in her desk being like, this girl doesn't have a life. She doesn't go anywhere. All she does is sit around and order food. So I feel a little shitty. I'm overwhelmed. I've been working a shit ton. I'm exhausted. I Postmates a lot. I'm trying to plan a birthday party. I don't need to be shamed by the Postmates people, the people who work at Jack in the Box, the people who work at Bank of America. I realize I'm being a brat, but again, this podcast is all about bratty, basic bitch problems. And with that, I'm about to complain about Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. So I have refrained from talking about this because I don't feel like it's right to really I don't feel like I I, I have the the right to have an opinion about what happened with Bachelor in Paradise. I will start and say Bachelor in Paradise is better than The Bachelor and The Bachelorette combined. I look forward to this every summer. That's basically what besides my birthday, what keeps me going during the summer, because look, I loathe pool parties. Being in a bathing suit ain't my fave. Much prefer the winter where I can layer things on my body. So Bachelor in Paradise is the best. So when I heard this whole Corinne fiasco, 
I didn't want to judge anything because I don't know what really happened. And if someone was taken advantage of, then that is horrific. And I, I don't want to make light of somebody being taken advantage of. But either yesterday or today, I found out that what Warner Brothers, they looked at every single piece of footage and that there was nothing that showed anyone being taken advantage of. And then I talked to people that I know who work in reality TV and they're like, no, Corinne made out with like three other dudes that night. She got her typical wasted self, I guess, put her vagina in somebody's face. I don't know. was just being her skanky, whatever she did on the last season that she was on. It was the same thing. The producer who bowed out and the one who quit and then went and tried to sue or all of that. She was a producer that was producing Corinne's spinoff that was supposed to happen after Bachelor in Paradise. And when she saw Corinne acting like a skank, I guess, um, that's when she said, oh, well, I think this will look bad for her spinoff, so I have to do something about it. Now, the pers- the people who've told me this, that could this could be untrue too. So I don't want to talk about it as if it's um, like dogma, like if it's an ultimate truth. You know, I have no idea because I was not there. So these are just things that I'm hearing. And this is why I've been so scared to talk about it because just because I hear about something or I, I have sources that I, I, I trust and believe, I was not there. So I don't know. But now that I hear that Bachelor in Paradise is coming back, um, pretty sure the sources were right and that they were just trying to protect Corinne so that her spinoff would happen. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. You know, I, I fully believe that if something bad is happening, even though when you're on a reality television show, you do sign your life away. You do. That is, it's like selling your soul to the devil sometimes. But we're all human beings that know right from wrong for the most part. And I truly believe that the producers, the camera guys, the sound guys, the PAs, all of the people that are around that, that it takes to make a reality show to film a scene, they would step in if someone was being raped or taken advantage of. I 100% believe that. If I, if on Vanderpump Rules, I was being, I was so drunk and I was being taken advantage of every single one of my producers or crew members would have stepped in. Much less just what, like one, like one. So you're telling me that this happened between Corinne and Demario and not one person stepped in, not one. I know how many people it takes to make a scene and not one person was like, yo, I don't think this is right. Probably because it wasn't it, it wasn't somebody being taken advantage of. And so I don't, you know, as much as I, I can't stand the idea of, of a woman being taken advantage of, I also can't stand the idea of a woman making a man look like he took advantage of her because she's embarrassed. It, this should be equal. And I am a girl's girl, a woman's woman through and through. But that doesn't mean that because you're embarrassed of your actions as a woman, you can then go and blame an innocent man. And I'm not saying he's he's completely innocent, but I don't think 
uh, if that he took advantage of anyone. And that is all I'm going to say until I get more information. So with that, Khaleesi's, those of you who've already gotten your Kyle Chan La La Land necklace and the surprise that I put in your packages, uh, I hope you love it. And the rest of you guys, I will talk to y'all next week. Love you, Khaleesi's. Bye.